Hi, I'm Joe. I'm from the news team at Jack. And this podcast is to take you through some of the local stories that have come out from what's going on nationally and internationally at the moment with the coronavirus pandemic. We're looking at lots of different bits and pieces in this one. The government is, of course, telling us to stay at home. We're protecting the NHS. We're saving lives by doing that. It means shops are shut, schools, they're pretty much all closed. And apart from key workers, we're not allowed to gather in groups of more than two. The restrictions are really tough, uh, seriously tough for parents and business owners and and self-employed people and for kids who are potentially getting very bored of being stuck at home. But it's not all doom and gloom. We wanted to look at some of the positive stories coming out of Oxfordshire in the last few days. Uh, We're going to hear from some charity bosses who've got suggestions on managing stuff like your mental health or maybe your alcohol consumption, especially with things getting stressful at the moment. Uh, Also, some of the people who are offering innovative ways of teaching the kids from home. First, though, here's Alex from News chatting to a guy called Edward Thompson. He works for Vans for Bands, which is a company based in Kidlington, and they usually rent out tour buses to musicians. But as all gigs are off at the moment and they're no longer needed for that, check out what they're up to instead. We've all seen the footage of doctors and nurses from hospitals you know, in China and Italy um, working all hours in, in really stressful conditions. And... You know, sadly, it looks very likely that the NHS is going to face a, you know, a very similar situation. Um, we've heard over the past couple of days um, that, you know, that bus schedules are getting reduced, tube stations are closing down or being closed, and uh, NHS staff are going to, you know, they're going to struggle to get to work. They're going to struggle to get back home afterwards, and probably on top of that, they'll be anxious that they might be inf- that they could potentially infect. Uh, family members. Um, so, what we're what we'd like to do is offer our, our sleeper buses um, to be parked outside hospitals um, around the UK or obviously Oxfordshire, and used by doctors and nurses and support staff as a place to sleep or just to take a rest, because they're going to be doing some pretty pretty long shifts, I think. Um, Absolutely. Um, just so. Talk us through, I mean, how does this plan manifest itself? You know, are we talking about a bus in the car park at the JR? And, and, and talk us through what these buses are like. What, what's, what's inside one of these? We're trying to uh, appeal to, uh, people's, uh, to get people's assistance to forward this around, to share, to share um, the link so that we can get to the right person within the NHS. It's obviously a massive institution. We want to get to the right person so that... Um, our offer can be considered seriously, but but yes, we would look um, to have them parked somewhere in the hospital in the hospital grounds, as close to the um, in the car park probably, and and then get some power hooked up, and then they've got somewhere to to to, to sleep and then sit. I mean, you know, the buses we have a mixture of single deckers, which normally have about uh, 12 beds in them, and we've got uh, double deckers, which have 16 beds. Um, the double deckers have got a uh, lounge, sort of lounge upstairs, plus the 16 bunks. Um, downstairs, they've got a, they've got a main lounge. Um, obviously, both lounges have got TVs. There's a mini kitchen. There's a kettle, a microwave, a toaster. So, I mean, I, I think it could be a real kind of oasis of calm in what will be a very, very hectic and stressful situation for for doctors and nurses and and, and the support staff. Obviously, this is a concerning time, and obviously, this is a time of a great worry for business owners and, and, and for other reasons as well, more serious and, and family and loved ones. But 
what's it mean to you as a as a local a local person to be able to help out the local NHS staff in this way? Well, I think it, it, it would mean everything to us. I mean, I think I think you know everyone in the NHS deserves all the support they can get in what is going to be some really stressful times, and we just really want to be able to do our bit, you know, to help out. Um, you know, we have all these buses; they're sitting in our yard doing nothing. So why not put them to good use and 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 to help help the NHS and to help the country? It just seems it just seems like a kind of logical <laughs> logical thing to do. And you know, we'd love to see them being used uh, and to see um, NHS staff relaxing, you know, just getting that brief respite, that oasis of calm, um, but in, in in the middle of their shift or at the end of their shift. So that would make us very happy if if if, if this could work. Edward Thompson there from Vans for Bands in Kidlington. Uh, next, we wanted to look a little bit at alcohol. And at times like this, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly tempted to pour myself a glass of something when I get home in the evenings. Uh, but where should we draw the line? And for people who've maybe had issues with alcohol in the past, how do they make sure that they don't fall back into some of those bad habits? Well, Andy Simmons is the ops manager at Oxford's drug and alcohol rehab charity Turning Point, uh, talking here to our reporter Alex. Obviously, we've got this extremely high-stress uh, period where some people are looking down the barrel of self-isolation. Um, how can people who have addiction issues and issues perhaps maybe with alcohol, how can they keep their demons at bay? Indeed, I, I, I think a, a lot of people are spending their time glued to the television at the moment, seeing what's going to happen. Uh, I think quite naturally people are quite anxious or panic uh, about what will happen. And I suppose uh, a, a lot we, we, we don't know, really. Uh, and we would certainly encourage people to concentrate on what they can control in their lives. It's very easy to um, be very much glued to social media, the news. And we would encourage people to try and keep up a bit of routine, um, particularly around, you know, uh, things that can actually make us feel a bit better. You know, whether that be around our diet, uh, whether it be about kind of getting some exercise, uh, and keeping a bit of a kind of mini routine uh, in their lives. And I think for some people, particularly we deal with lots of people with uh, addiction issues, and we would encourage them to kind of just be mindful uh, of what they are drinking or, or, or maybe other medication they may be using, just to kind of be a little bit careful about, um, you know, trying to kind of control that really. A lot of people will be staying at home, they won't be driving, they'll have less of a commute, they'll almost have a sort of almost oh, a weird shift towards a sort of holiday mode almost I think in some people's mentality and also just the, the boredom of being locked up in your house all day do you think that might drive people to drink maybe more than they normally would yeah absolutely I, I think for the first day or two it feels a, a bit like a holiday and it feels kind of special but I think it soon leads to people kind of thinking you know it, it does get boring it does become you do become detached from just normal everyday contacting people whether that be going to the shops or or just your normal routine so we would very much encourage people just to kind of you know try to stay connected to people whether that be kind of telephoning whether that be kind of um you know just online and stuff but you know it's important that we start to kind of uh, keep that connection to the outside world whether it be kind of looking out the window at nature whether it be kind of doing some kind of exercise uh, it's important to kind of keep those kind of priorities in your kind of life, uh, which are important. Um, we certainly are, are, are still open. Um, we are very much uh, probably moving to kind of telephone support. We do see people, that, you know, there is an awful lot of very good online advice about how people keep that isolation, keep some perspective 
uh, on what's happening around them. Uh, and we would encourage people, you know, we're getting people, whether they kind of keep a bit of a diary about what they may be drinking. Uh, and even though pe- things may seem bad, and clearly there is a lot of things we don't know, you know, we would encourage people to, to kind of just keep that perspective. We do a lot of mindfulness, which people kind of thing, which is just kind of taking 10 seconds, concentrating on your breathing, just being kind of conscious what's around you. It's really kind of key to kind of getting people's mental health and well-being uh, in, in a good place. If, if you had any top tips, any, if they were just to stay healthy during this period? We were, you know, our top tips would be is to keep some perspective. Um, you know, things are unknown, things do look bad, but actually when you look at the facts, look at the government websites, there are lots of good information out there which is trusted um, rather than some of uh, some of the kind of panics or some of the things which may come up. Uh, I think we'd also encourage people just to kind of get a sense of about uh, being having awareness when you may be going in that negative um, spiral about thinking things are kind of closing on with you and encourage people to uh, contact other people uh, would be a really good idea. And most importantly, just kind of keep a record or a kind of note of how much you are drinking and how much uh, medication you may, may be taking as well. Some really key advice there from Andy Simmons from Oxford's drug and alcohol rehab charity Turning Points. And just moving on now to an aspect of all this that some of you probably won't have thought about, which is young carers. Now, a charity in Didcot is working with local food banks to make sure that vulnerable young people who do that job and can't get out have access to vital supplies. And this is John Tabor, who is the director at Be Free Young Carers. So here's the situation for young carers. Um, schools are now predominantly closed. Um, that means for young carers that they may well be at home with the person they're caring for seven days a week. Uh, and that person may well have a health condition that does not allow them sensibly to go out at the moment. And that might also mean that the young carer is unable to go out at the moment as well, self-isolating as a family. So here's the um, dilemma for them. How do they get food in this sort of situation? Um, we as an organisation feel that there is uh, um, a need for uh, food deliveries for these families, these very vulnerable families, uh, and we want to do the best for them. So what is your kind of thinking with this? What action plan are you now putting in place? Okay. Um, well, we've been speaking to uh, local food banks and other charities who are able to supply food. Um, we have uh, a team of uh, employees and volunteers who are willing to deliver the food. Um, so what we need is for families in those sorts of situations to get in contact with us. And what do you think? Obviously, um, everyone at the moment potentially very anxious, very worried about the situation. But what is it obviously about these young carers for them that will just make this just a whole lot worse, a whole lot more stressful? Well, that's a really good question. I think young young carers are uh, amazing young people, but they do have their own issues. Um, a high proportion of them suffer from uh, an identifiable mental uh, health condition, anxiety, stress, depression, isolation. Uh, and this situation is only going to exacerbate that. So if we can alleviate that in some way, um, then we'll try and do that. Um, on top of the food deliveries that we're proposing, we'll also uh, be posting uh, some ideas about what to do when you're at home on our Facebook page. 
Uh, there's already some yoga exercises up on our Facebook page. And, and we're thinking about games, art, and crafts, and, and, and other stuff that we will put, be putting up in the, the next few days and weeks. Good. And are you worried as well about the young carers who maybe aren't publicly known to you um, and, yeah. and are potentially doing that job, obviously, without anyone maybe knowing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are a young carer out there, please get in touch with Be Free Young Carers and we'll see what we can do to help you and your family. And, and just generally, obviously, you talked earlier about the, the, the food side of things uh, is something, mm. obviously, that people are stressing about because we know people are sort of stockpiling and panic buying. Mm. What are your thoughts on that situation at the moment? We've all been into shops recently and seen how empty the shelves are. Yeah, I think um, I mean, it's a sorry state of affairs, isn't it? But um, um, I, I, we can't encourage any sort of stockpiling at all. I mean, every time that I go into a supermarket, there's sufficient food for me and my family. Um, I don't see why that should dry up in the, in the, in the foreseeable future. So people just need to act responsibly uh, and, and look after themselves. Of course. And, and John, just finally from you, what people listening to this, whether they are a young carer or know someone, what do people need to do? Well, if you're a young carer, um, you're, uh, my heart goes out to you. I think you do fantastic, incredible stuff uh, on a daily basis. Um, just keep the faith, keep it going, look after your family as much as you can um, and um, in, in, enjoy the time as much as you can as well. Look after yourself is the important message, is just as much as the person you're caring for. That was John Tabor from Be Free Young Carers in Didcot. And so uh, a lot of talk this week especially has been around what on earth we're supposed to do with the kids whilst they're at home. And you're at home as well, and they're all complaining that they're bored. Uh, parents are basically now teachers, which sounds stressful enough, but help is at hand. There's loads of stuff which you can access online to keep them busy, Joe Wicks, the body coach, has been doing PE sessions online in the mornings. But locally, there is something called Bright Spark Sciences. Jenny Hughes runs it, and she's been chatting to Alex about it. I'm Jenny, um, and I go by Nitrogen. So I'm the CEO. Um, it was my creation and started the company in 2011. So because the schools are closed and we can't go into the schools and do science workshops and outreach like we normally would do, what we've decided to do is to make some nice, simple, easy experiments that children can do at home with their families online. Um, so we'll be using equipment that you can find in your household, um, but we've also got some mini science kits that you could buy through us as well. So we're doing three kits for £10, so nice and affordable. So what are we talking? Um, bicarbonate soda and volcanoes and things? Yeah, everything. So um, we're looking at slime making, we're looking at creating some catapults and using energy and how we can con uh, convert energy from kinetic to a uh, potential to kinetic energy. We're looking at um, air as a force and looking at Newton's rules of physics, say the, the laws of physics there, um, how every reaction is an equal and opposite reaction. We're looking at creating mini rockets um, that can be flown through the air. We're looking at how animals uh, see and how they make bird crawlers. So we've got lots of different sort of ideas. How important is it to keep kids uh, engaged in their education and not just let them play Fortnite the whole time they're at home? So I think it's really important that they are continuing their learning pattern and to do it in a fun and engaging way. 
So rather than it being all reading-based, um, it's really important to get hands-on. I think a lot of children are likely to get literature from the schools um, and want to complete it. But without the input of the parents, it's going to be tricky um, for them to continue with that on their own back. Um, so this is a way that we can engage them through those videos and give them the extra support that they need and make it fun and interesting so they don't give up the idea that education is fun. So we call it science delivered by stealth. So that gives them a way to be able to have fun with science and not really realise that the learning's happening behind the scenes. Would you say that this could be an almost uh, unique opportunity? Obviously with parents busy all the time and it can be difficult to sort of engage with the kids in that way when you've got so much work to go to and then at the weekend, you know, that's the time off. Is this almost a unique opportunity for parents to engage in their children's education? Uh, yes, I definitely think so. I think it's a great way that parents can actually uh, experience what their children are learning at school and they can do some of that learning for themselves and become more familiar with the processes that the schools are using to teach their children. Um, for example, the phonics and methods that they teach numeracy skills um, and uh, and to engage, yeah, absolutely, to engage with their children and uh, learn more about what they're learning so that they can support them. Do you think the parents might pick a few things up as well? Absolutely. <laughs> There's never too late to learn. I think it's really important that parents can learn and show children that it's really important to be a lifelong learner. There you go. That's Jenny from Bright Spark Sciences in Abingdon, who says just because schools are closed doesn't mean learning stops. And that message goes to you as well, parents. And sticking with the kids and some fun stuff you can do from home, I spoke to Phoenix Comic earlier this week. They're based in Oxford. And here's Tom, the editor. So the Phoenix is a weekly comic uh, that is designed to delight and inspire its readers. Uh, We aim our content at children aged roughly 7 to 14. And the unique selling point of the Phoenix is that we uh, publish serialised stories that run on from week to week. So while we have lots of standalone fun stuff that you can just enjoy in every issue, we also have stories that can run for 20, 30 weeks and tell a really exciting in-depth story. So you get that really addictive what's happening next week cliffhanger feel. And it's really to sort of bring back the great British comic. There used to be sort of 50 comics like this in the UK and there's lots of examples around the world. They were all about really brilliant stories uh, that are fantastic to read and really encourage children to kind of you know, read, get drawing, get writing and, um, uh, and just enjoy a kind of weekly hit of delight. And obviously at the moment, everyone's having to kind of think outside the box and be a bit innovative with how you kind of carry on your business uh, because of the lockdown. So tell us what you guys are up to at the moment to help everyone. So we've just launched uh, the Phoenix Q Club, which is the Phoenix Quarantine Club. And it's really just an extension of what the Phoenix is for our subscribers. So uh, we have obviously a huge amount of activities and, uh, and content that we've used over the years, as well as new stuff we're developing all the time. And we just wanted to share as much of that as possible for free so people could have stuff to do with children. So we started it on Monday uh, and it's starting off with lots of how to draw tutorials, um, some free puzzle content, a fantastic series called um, The Dangerous Adventures of Von Dugan by Lorenzo Etherington. And basically that's sort of a puzzle adventure that you have to solve with your family. And we'll be releasing an episode of that a day with answers later in the day so yeah make sure you don't cheat um uh, before before you give it a go and then later on we'll be adding video content video tutorials um probably some live streaming um try and get some comic club stuff going and we'll be putting lots of calls out for children to and their families and parents if they're bored uh, to sort of send their drawings in and their creations in and we'll be having competitions and things as well and it's all geared around 
getting kids writing, getting kids drawing, getting kids reading. You know, there's plenty of amazing things to watch on screens. Um, you know, I'm sure we're all going to be uh, watching a fair amount of television over the coming weeks, but we wanted to do something that was all about sort of exercising those creative juices. Absolutely. Now, you're, um, you've got kids and you're working from home, so you're kind of in that situation, I suppose, the same as the people that you're targeting with this. But what is it like at the moment? I know it's only kind of day two, I suppose, officially of being off school, but how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's obviously challenging with two parents working and trying to juggle each other. So my partner's in the other room at the moment doing school. Um, and we've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, but I think we're just trying to put a positive spin on it. You know, there's lots of there's scary stories out there, but we're trying to see it as a chance to spend time as a family. Um, and we are, you know, obviously my children are a bit younger than the Phoenix age range, but we are desperately looking around for fantastic content, fun things to do um, for, the, for the children. So well, we just hope that with, with Q Club, we can, you know, help, help parents have a little something throughout the day that they can rely on to occupy their children for a little bit of time. That was Tom Ficking. He's the editor of Phoenix, a comic book for kids, which is based in Oxford and is now doing free quarantine clubs with digital stories and games online. Just one of the local companies doing its bit to help out parents who find themselves having to entertain the kids all day. And on that note, Greg Smith runs Oxford Homeschooling and he's given us a few top tips. It takes people time to settle into. Um, I'd say first thing, create a space for for learning to happen you know what you don't want is somewhere where there's a television running in the background or you know maybe a bit of light music or a little bit of light radio but nothing that's going to distract you whilst you're trying to learn um, the next thing I would say is make sure that you break up your learning nobody concentrates really well really effectively for hours at a time so you know work out what's going to work for you um, but you know think about Doing some study, taking a 10-minute break, doing some exercise, getting out in the sunshine if you've got that option, um, before coming back and doing a little bit more. As a parent, obviously, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, you might well be attempting to work from home. Uh, you might not really be able to be there all the time. Um, but what I try and say is give, don't try and multitask. Give some of your time in a dedicated way is probably much better than a lot of your time in a very distracted way. That was Greg Smith from Oxford Homeschooling with some key advice there for parents. And now let's talk a little bit about mental health because we've all got it. And with everything going on in the world at the moment, it's certainly being tested. Let's listen now to a chat that Alex had with Dan Knowles from Oxfordshire Mind. It's a difficult time, an unprecedented time. Uh, we haven't seen an impact like this outside you know, wartime, and that's that causes lots of worry that can lead to anxiety, that can lead to mental health issues. So we as a charity are really busy um, understanding what that means for our services, for the people who use our services, and for the broader population um, as a whole. There is a lot of advice for people who uh, have been asked to self-isolate um, that's on our website, uh, oxygenminds.org.uk, and I would encourage people to, to visit that to visit that we know it's been extremely well received and it's one of the most popular uh blogs we've ever had so that's uh corona and your well-being uh, sorry coronavirus and your well-being on our website that includes practical tips like how to ensure you get food delivered how to ensure you get your medication if you're having uh, medication for either physical or mental health issues how to continue with therapy or counseling sessions 
um, peer support groups, and then practical tips about what isolation is and what it isn't. It doesn't mean that you're entirely cut off from society. You can speak to people over the garden fence. You can go outside into your garden or indeed uh, into other places. You just don't need to get close to um, other people. And so there's a lot of very practical um, tips that people can make so that even though they're being self-isolated, they are not being isolated from, um, from society in, in the whole, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, you touched on it in that answer, but um, mm. have you guys, you've seen an increase in traffic, haven't you, over the last week or so? Yeah, so we, you know, we've seen a lot of people um, contacting us via our information line, uh, sending web inquiries in uh, and, and having a look at the website. And, and I think that's indicative of the fact that, you know, there are um, people who, who are feeling very anxious at this time, people who want advice on how to manage their mental health um, challenge in a period of self-isolation or indeed a period of uh, raised anxiety. And, you know, that, that's something that we really understand. Um, I think everyone is starting to pull together, aren't they, in, in terms of what we can do about that. Um, one of the things I think that's really heartening is people reaching out to say, well, how can I help others? And, you know, we do know that helping others is a really, really good way to help your own mental health and well-being. So there's a lot of social movements now on very, very small sort of micro scales in villages and communities where people are saying, well, how many people are self-isolating and other elderly people who might need a little bit of help and how can I help them? And I think that's absolutely fantastic. It's one of the heartening things that's happening in our society at, at this point. How important is it that people don't take their mental health for granted in this situation and might think that they haven't really had a history of this sort of thing and this, isn't, this is something they think they're prepared for when actually that might not be the case? Worry can lead to anxiety, can lead to mental health issues. Um, and that's why it's really important to look after your own well-being in, in times like this. As I say, if you are self-isolating at home, open the window, let in fresh air, try and sit outside in the garden. Or if you haven't got a garden, open your black back door and you know sit in the sunshine. Those sorts of things are really important. Make sure that you're eating properly, that you're hydrating um, properly. Um, for some people, routine, you know, if you're at home, the routine can go because you're not in a, in a work environment. So it's important to think about those sorts of things as well. Um, and, you know, for some people, the, the, there might be some positives. There might be a book you want to read or an online course that you want to undertake. Um, and it's a great time to reach out to people, to reach out to friends and family and, you know, maybe someone you haven't spoken to for a long time it's a great way to to reconnect with others and that's really good for your mental health as well i think we all owe a great deal of thanks to all of the nhs workers uh and indeed charity workers um and people who are giving up their time volunteering at the moment um and so you know well done and thank you to uh to everyone the members of oxfordshire mind staff and our volunteer team uh and all of our colleagues in the nhs and the third sector because we're all pulling together in a r remarkably effective and, and hard-working way. And my, I take my hat off to everyone. That was Dan Knowles. He's the CEO of Oxfordshire Mind. And make sure you head over to oxfordshiremind.org.uk. If you are struggling at the moment, you could do with a bit of help and advice. Uh, something a bit different to finish us off now, as an Oxfordshire motorsport company is hoping to switch its production line from engine valves to ventilators. Uh, it's ProDrive, which is based in Banbury, and it's basically answered the government's call for help for the NHS to make the machines during the coronavirus crisis. Ben Sawyer from the company told Alex from News a bit more about it. Well, the government, as you 
everyone knows, I think, has asked for uh, a lot more ventilators. We're short of ventilators. Uh, so we're one of many businesses that have put ourselves forward uh, because of our specific capabilities in terms of design, engineering, and manufacturing complex systems and components. So we put our name forward as um, offering our facilities and our skills to help make these. So what happens now? Well, we've, we've filled out the government forms. We've identified the areas we believe we can particularly help. Uh, and actually, like many, we're now waiting for the government to go through all of those applications and see who is best positioned to hopefully go on and make all those ventilators that we need. Why did you guys feel the need to, to get involved? Well, we're a, a world-leading motorsport and advanced engineering business. So we're very used to designing and making complex systems uh, and also have the facilities and skills to turn around these kind of products very fast. That's the very nature of what we do here in the motorsport industry and motorsport valley in, in this part of the world, in Oxfordshire and Northamptonshire. Um, so we felt that we we're ideally placed to help out with such a, uh, in such a crisis. This is a, an unprecedented event, an unprecedented time. But do we have any idea of time scale at this stage or is that just not something that... We have no idea of the time scale as such, but I think we've all been watching the news and know the urgency and that the NHS and the, the pressure they're under. And one of the machines that they're most desperate for are ventilators. And it's, I think it's fairly common knowledge that they're saying that they don't have enough and they need thousands more. So it's a matter of um, beginning that process as soon as we can and getting as many of them as made as, as soon as possible. What would it mean to you guys to um, to make that shift from making car parts and things like that to making something that is actually will be saving lives? I mean, obviously, we're, we're all in this together. Um, and if there's anything that we can do to help in a small or a large way, then absolutely we're going to do our utmost to make sure that we can. That was Ben Sawyer from ProDrive, which is a motorsport company based in Banbury and is joining the fight against coronavirus. Uh, That's it now from the Jack News team. But make sure you do keep up to date with all the latest from all over Oxfordshire at Jack FM News on Twitter and on the Jack website. Thanks for listening.